moral of the story is this entrepreneurial roller coaster that I was describing will make you better in life. All right, friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast, five traits that will make you a better doctor, give you a focus and vision that you need to make your office thrive. A little office talk, closing thought of the episode. This is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. All right, my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. Very, very good episode for us tonight. I would dare say, call it great. This is one of the podcasts that is the foundation for everything that we do. So if you're scrolling around, going back, this is one that you're going to want to come back to at least once a year and just rekindle that juice and that energy. So let's get right into it because I'm jacked up. I want to talk about some things. The entrepreneurial roller coaster. We're up here and we're down here. We cannot do it any better. We're the best. Oh, we suck because I don't know what I'm doing. Everyone thinks I'm a joke. I'm a fraud. These are things that go through your head constantly, right? If you've never owned a business, if you are new to this, or if you have done it, these are things that you're going to think that, you know, how am I going to make payroll? Is this one exam going to ruin me? Is anyone ever going to come back? No, those are things. Or... I love what I do. I get to do this and they pay me. I'm the boss. I'm in charge. This is so stinking cool. One extreme to the other, right? What I found is you never get too high. You never get too low. You're not as good as you think you are, but you're not as bad as you think you are either. This is the roller coaster that we ride. I'm going to tell you a funny story. So this will be about two, three minute story. If you want to fast forward to this, go ahead. But something that I've realized about being an entrepreneur is we kind of thrive in chaos and you'll start to see this affect you in everyday life. So I went on vacation with my kids and we flew out of Orlando. We went on spring break. We flew out of Orlando, but we did Sanford, small airport, very well run. MCO, Orlando, not very well run, awful. We got there at 5.20 for a seven o'clock flight. We missed our flight. Southwest, four kids, they don't save seats you know, chaos. We needed five seats for all of us because we had a lab child. Anyways, we go, we miss a flight. We're sprinting down the corridor and I get there and they're like, oh, you just missed it by a minute. Oh, if you were a minute earlier, I'm like, okay. In these situations, you can get mad, you can get angry, or you can be like, all right, this is where we're at. What are we going to do next? Because I do what I do, we are constantly putting out fires. I just looked at the uh, the flight attendant, the, the desk person, who was awesome, really nice. And she's like, um, we can get you out tomorrow at 6.30. And realize this is Sunday morning at 7, and I have a full schedule on Monday. I've already missed a week of work. I'm like, no, that's not going to work. Is there anything else you can do? Can you get me to Chicago or Detroit? They're like, well, we can get you to Chicago, but we have to get you out of Orlando. Orlando was the hard part to get out of. We have a standby flight to Dallas. Uh, why don't you go there? And if you don't get that, we'll, we'll see what we can do. I got right, standby on Southwest. That sounds awesome, but we're going to go there. I told the, uh, you know, the desk person there who also was awesome props to Southwest. Hey, we're, we're trying to get on. 
is there a chance we can do this? If not, there's a flight here. We'll take that. Like, I don't care. I was looking ahead, doing everything I possibly could. Stay calm. Just thank you for your help. And she was awesome. She's like, I think you're going to get on. I'm going to go and actually reserve your seats right now so you can sit together. Awesome lady. Did that. Reserve seats for us. We made standby. We got into uh, Dallas. We had a three-hour layover. That's fine. I'm walking around the airport terminals with my one-year-old son. He's growling at people. I'm trying to wear him out. And he fell asleep, but two minutes after we landed. So it was a chaos flight for my wife. She's a saint. Whatever. We get to uh, O'Hare, which I hate because it's such a huge airport. From the time we landed at O'Hare to the time we got our rental car, because I just said, I'm going to rent a car, drive three hours to Grand Rapids. It took two and a half hours. I kid you not, when you have four kids that all need booster seats, you break the system. They don't have that in their system, and it just takes forever. Moral of the story is, this entrepreneurial roller coaster that I was describing will make you better in life. The things that other people get stressed out on that really wears them down, that they freak out on, is just another day in the office for you. Like, honestly, I was not worried about that. I'm like, we're going to make it happen. I'm going to find a way. And you just go into that mode. So know that this entrepreneurial roller coaster that you go up and down, if you embrace it, if you learn from it, if you grow from it, and you do what I said and not get too high, not get too low, always save and kill, you're going to be a force to be reckoned with in life. People will look to you to lead them because they shrink in those situations. So I want you to know that all the things that you go through and that you do are for not for not. It's not just for business. It's going to help you be a better father, a better mother, a better wife, husband, spouse, boss, son, daughter, you name it. You're going to be better because of what you're putting yourself through. So that's my little story. I thought it was relevant, so I shared that being said, we go through all these things, and then I want to ask you, how often do you ask yourself the question, how am I complicit in creating the conditions that I am in? How am I complicit in creating these conditions that I do not want? Right, All the things that you don't like about the job, what role do you play in that? Like We like to say, oh, this managed care is what we have to deal with. Oh. Staff sucks. They're not showing up. You can't find good help. Things are so pricey. What role do you play in these things? You're not a victim. You have control. We set our hours. We set our schedule, our policies. You hire the staff. You have control, my friend. So don't get it twisted and think that this is the cross you bear because you just have to. You make a lot of these things happen to yourself right? One of the things that you have to realize is, are you measuring yourself with your own ruler or someone else's? A lot of the times we do a lot of things the way we do because we think other people are looking in at our business and this is what they would think of us if we didn't do it this way. Who cares, right? I've talked to offices that don't take managed care, that only see pediatric patients, that only see uh, geriatric patients. There's a lot of ways to do optometry. You have complete control over them. Why are you not doing 
what makes you happy. Are you trying to make someone else happy? Uh, the analogy is something that I heard is it's like trying to feed a ghost, right? You constantly eat and it just goes right through you and you're never satiated. You're never happy because you're not fulfilling your wants and desires. You're trying to be that Instagram famous, that Instagram happy. Look at me, look at them. They have it made so well. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know if they're really happy or if they're presenting and projecting that, right? But you do know what makes you happy. You do know what gives you energy. Focus on those things. Jordan Peterson said this, and I thought this was this was a great quote to encapsulate what we're doing and where we're going next. If you have no vision, you have no well-developed aim. If you have no aim, that means you have no direction. And if you are lost, you are anxious. And if you have no aim, you have no hope. Because hope is always experienced in a relationship to aim. Right? What are you aiming for? What I'm going to go through is the five traits that I think you need to develop within yourself to give you the vision that will eliminate the conditions you don't want and give you an aim, a vivid vision, a direction for your practice for your life. This can be so much more than just an optometry business that we run. This can be your calling, your mission. You can use this vehicle that is your job to make a positive change in this world. Full stop, right? So I know you want to get here these. Number one, passion, right? I really sat down these past few weeks, this past year, and tried to focus in on what makes me happy, what gives me juice, what gives me energy within this profession. And again, this is a lot of trial and error. I'm going to tell you later on that we need to focus, but when you're first trying to find your passion, you have to see what fits. You have to get your hands a little dirty, right? I toyed with vision therapy, not my thing. Toyed a little with myopia management. How I was doing it, not my cup of tea per se. Sclerals, okay. Try dry eye, really stinging like that, right? And then I started getting some referrals for myopia management and realized that I'm one of the only doctors in the area that does it. There's a huge opportunity. I don't have to do it the way I was taught, the way I learned, the way we read about it in in magazines and books and podcasts and I did it my own way and it's fun right I enjoy it I do it the way that fulfills me that still meets the patient's needs and what I realized is when I found the things that I enjoyed clinically I had more juice when I went to the office my staff sees it they're excited for it it's contagious the patients respond to my suggestions because you sell what you believe in. When you're half in on things, you, you don't convey that. People can sense that, right? When I realized what I was passionate about, it made everything else so easy. So you need to really dig deep and see what your passion is within the profession. Now, realize that this passion for the, for the profession, you have to find and do what you like there, 
If you have a passion outside of optometry, what can you do to make optometry fuel that passion? You will respect the game more when it's giving you what you want outside of that as well. So one of the things that I love is my family. I love spending time with them. I love going to my kids' games. Because I own my own business, because I have the ability to set my schedule, I'm setting up in such a way that I'm going to be able to be at their games. That makes me love what I do that much more. I can work that much harder because it allows me to go on vacations with my family. It allows me to be at their games, be at their, you know, there on the weekends with them. I work harder. I found what I was passionate about in life and in the office, and it's game changer, right? But you have to really look yourself in the mirror and ask, is this something that I want or is this something that I want to want because it makes me look good to the outside world, to your peers, your colleagues, all the other people that are not really thinking about you, but we want to win their respect and admiration, right? Do a real deep dive and find out what you're passionate for. It's huge. Number two, I told you I'd tell you about it. Focus, okay? Once you know your passions, once you know what gives you juice and energy, you need to go all in, right? It's very easy to get distracted, swirl, at the things that are on the outside. All these other things that you can do, know what you're here for. Know what your energy is going towards and put it all into that. What was the last episode? 173, Atomic Habits, uh, the Kaizen Way, 1% better in everything that you do. When you focus on what your passion is, you can then sharpen your sword. You can get 1% better. It's amazing how easy it is to get to a point of expertise. 20 concentrated invested hours. But to get from that 90% really decent, pretty good, to that 99 percentile expertise, like the creme de la creme, it takes focused effort and energy that will take years. I'm not even close to getting to where I want to be, but I am so much farther ahead than where I was. So find out what you want to do and then go all in and just put your effort and energy into there. It is really stinking hard because if you go to any kind of meeting, if you go to any kind of uh, expo, everyone's going to tell you the next latest greatest thing. Every article you read is talking about something new that you should be doing that changed the world for this one optometrist. They have different passions. They have different aims than you. Know where you're going and stay the course. Now, if you pivot, you're going to invariably have to change course, slightly move off to the side one way or the other because there's a block or a roadblock in the way. That's fine. But I'm not telling you, you can't go 90 degree turn every single time. You'll drive yourself nuts. You'll drive your staff nuts. You'll drive your patients nuts, right? You can veer off to the side one way or the other. Or if it's a hard pivot, do it. Don't look back, but stay the course, right? Focus. Number three, being service oriented. What I realized was a lot of businesses get lost because they forget or don't know what business that they're in. So if you looked at uh, Amazon back in the day, they were a book selling company. 
If they were a book selling company, they would be out of business right now. They would, or a fraction of the size that they are. But they realized they were in the business of making lives more convenient and easy. And from books, they added, you know, Amazon Prime Video, Amazon Delivery, their marketplace of goods, Apple, right? Are they a computer company or are they a technology company? There's a difference. Kodak lost sight that they were in the business of photography versus being a camera company, right? If they would have focused on photography, went to the digital age, developed some of the stuff, because Kodak's still around, they're still doing things, they're just not making cameras anymore, but they lost sight of that and they lost a huge market share, right? What is the business that you're in? And some of us, when we do what we do, we're more business oriented. That's fine. We see our business from a business perspective and we want to optimize that like any other business. Some of us see what we do as a gift that we've been given and we're here to serve patients. We're going to make their lives better. One is not better than the other. But you need to know what your motivation, your passion is, and why you're doing it. You can get fulfillment from both sectors, but I'll tell you this, both are service-oriented. I don't care how business-oriented you are. If you're not focused on providing a great service and solving a problem for a patient, you won't be in business for long. If you're a service-oriented doctor, you know, that's your passion and you're not as worried about the margins and gross profit and the P&L and, you know, virtual assistance and you just want to provide great optometric care, you can do that and you'll thrive because not everyone's going to be as passionate about this as you are. But realize that optometry also allows you to serve in the community that you live in. When they see you as a doctor of optometry, they see you as a leader, they see you as a professional. They are going to want you on the community foundations, on the uh, Chamber of Commerce. They're going to ask you to participate in sponsoring school events. You'll have a way to be have an impact on so many different lives outside of the office, and that's awesome, right? We're trying to develop our aim and our focus, have an energy and passion for what we do, and when you're service-oriented, Whatever flavor yours is, you're going to wake up and you're going to be happy about what you're going to do every day. You're going to see it as an opportunity as, and less as an obligation, right? So we're passionate. We're focused. We have a service-oriented mindset. The next thing is you have, I really think every single uh, private practice owner, I won't say every single optometrist, although I could, I could. But every private practice optometrist wants to just develop or utilize their creativity. We are our own artist masterpiece creating something new out of nothing and making it our own flavor. We're writing our own songs. You know, we're making our masterpiece, if you will. I could say any doctor because anytime you have to deal with patients and you have to find a solution for them, you have to be creative to get that patient to do your form of treatment to understand what you're doing. So I could say everyone, but I'm going to focus on the entrepreneurial mindset because that's one of the beauties of running your own practices. How do you schedule patients? How do you 
set up your schedule. How do you run your myopia management clinic? How do you run your dry eye clinic? Everyone has their own flavor. Everyone thinks that they're doing it the best possible way. But that's the beauty of what we do. Remember that story I told you about getting home from Orlando and finding a way? That's my creative juices flowing, just solving a problem, and I felt alive. I had so much fun, and that's what I get to do every day. When I embraced the crazy, the chaos, the grind, and said, this is what I do, and this is why I get to be in this position, is because I am, I love it. I get to make these things happen. Game changer. And something you need to do with this creative juice, this creative mindset, is fuel it. Right? I started reading fiction at night. So throughout the day, podcast, serious, trying to get some purpose. Uh, if I read a book during the day, it's a usually a autobiography, a biography, or a business self-help type kind of book. But when I go to bed at night, I don't watch TV anymore. I don't really scroll. I try to avoid it as much as I can. I just listen to fiction, and it's amazing how much that's made my creative juices flow. They they say that nonfiction will raise your floor. Fiction will raise your ceiling. My ceiling has been raised because I'm fueling this. When you realize that creating and building something new is part of this, this journey they learn, part of this you know private practice experience, it's stinking awesome. Right. But we lose sight of that. We think we have to be within this, you know, confines, this this phone booth, if you will, of constraint when you can be anything you want. Let those juices flow, open them up and you will find a new sense of energy in what you do. And the last thing I'll leave you with is just persistence. Right. I have made the most gains this past year because I had a very laser-focused aim of what I wanted to do, and I didn't take no for an answer. I got turned down two, three, four times for offices, but I kept knocking on doors. I kept talking to other people. I found a way to make it happen, and I'm still going. I've been networking and anyone that I can talk to at a conference or uh, one of my colleagues, I'm like, hey, I have a podcast and I let them know. It sounds a little corny. It sounds a little like self-serving, but it's exactly what I'm trying to do. And you know what? I have a bunch of people that I've met, that I graduated with that talk to me more now because we talk about the podcast or we talk about business of optometry. I talk to other doctors and I've been able to join other masterminds and study groups because I exposed myself to them. I let them know who I was and what I do and it gave me opportunities. You know, you want to make a change happen? Tell people about it. Tell them what you want to do. Don't be shy. Don't be ashamed. They're, they're going to help you or they're, they're going to not. It's one or the other. It doesn't really matter. But if you can find a group of like-minded people, this is the beauty of optometry. We all want each other to succeed. There's very few people that are trying to crush each other that are private practice owners. No, I was one of those people that was that was that way at the beginning, but that was my own insecurities coming out. Now that I know what I do and that my own flavor cannot be duplicated, I have a podcast. I tell you what I do every week. I share to a T my 
forms, my stuff that I do, like open book because I want us all to be better. I want optometry to thrive and I'm going to be consistent and persistent about that. So passion, focus, service oriented, creative and persistence. Take those five categories, develop those and find out how you're complicit in making the environment that you don't like. Develop those five traits and skills the way that you want them to be, not the way that you think they should be. And watch yourself flourish, be rejuvenated, and have the best possible business you ever could have imagined. That will set you on fire for this profession, give you juice and energy to keep thriving and moving forward. That's what I have. We'll have more for you next week. All right, my friends, a little office talk. I know I try to keep these around 30 minutes. So this is going to be a little bit shorter office talk, but we talked about it a little last week. I want to just further uh, beat that point home is that self-reflection is absolutely core and key for you to be successful. One of the things when I was reflecting on just my past, my past six months, I have a lot of goals, what I'm trying to do, trying to be the CEO of my practice, trying to work on the office rather than in the office, develop managers. And what I found was I had a million different balls in the air I was juggling, right? Just so many different things. And I I get one thing done and be, okay, straight to the next. And then straight to the next. And then I realized that one of the things that I did, I put something in motion but I wouldn't see it through, or if I, I'd see it through, I'd be like, oh, what, what were we supposed to do? And I'd, I'd just be half-assing everything, right? What what does a Leslie Nope say from Parks and Rec? Whole-ass one thing, don't half-ass a million things, right? Find one thing and put your effort and energy into it. So this goes back to what I was talking about. You just have to have a focus. Traction, EOS is a great way to do that. And again, I'm, I'm not even fully into it, but essentially you have like three big rocks that you attack a quarter. You need to figure out what those rocks are and then go after them. If you try to do more than that, you're going to be really inefficient. You're going to burn yourself out and nothing's going to get done. And you're going to think, well, it goes back to what I was talking about at the beginning in the rundown. You're complicit in the environment you've created that you do not like, right? You're trying to do everything and you don't have the bandwidth or energy to do it. Now you can do more than three rocks. If you have different leaders in there, that your optical manager has her rocks, your admin manager has their rocks, you have your, okay, now we have nine things we're doing, but they are focused on those one specific task and goals. You can help them get there, but you make them the lead on those things. There's ways to do that within departments, okay? but self-reflection and knowing what matters and getting rid of the noise that doesn't. I essentially, I, I closed loops on everything. I had a meeting with my manager, said this is what we're focusing on. Anything else that we've out there, we're just, they're not happening right now. We'll revisit this in three to six months. You know, it should be three months because we're so new, it might be six in my office. Again, there's no hard and fast rule. Make it your own, but you have to know what you're putting your effort and energy towards and then see it through, be persistent and focused. Funny how all those five traits I talked about in the rundown 
apply to me right here. Maybe because I've noticed those are the things that are helping me be a better doctor, have a better practice. I want to share them with you and personally let you know specifically how this is affecting me. So we'll have a little bit more office talk for you next week. Where, oh, where has the time gone? We are to the closing thought of the episode. We are the closing thought of the episode, and I will leave you with this. Do not live the same year 75 times and call it a life. Think about that. Do not live the same year 75 times and call it a life. Right? We want to grow. We want to expand. We want to develop ourselves. If you do the same thing over and over again and you're never trying to get better to change or do something different, you're going to get done and say, I never accomplished anything. I could have been so much more. You don't grow without some pain. Embrace this comfort, my friends. Don't get stuck in a rut and keep doing the same thing over and over. And that's what I have for you. Dr. Lily out.